Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, we are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, what's poppin'? I bet nobody no, people definitely will be able it. to figure out definitely where it. I went sideways. I did. You said we, instead of you are, you said we are talking in the third person omniscient. Wow. What is that? Too much watching WWE and The no, Rock? it's called WWF. And no, I learned that in like algebra. So it all started. It all started because John and I off camera were discussing. What if Dustin. we didn't have that big obnoxious yeah, intro? Yeah, and John's like, Dio, you can do that. You can do whatever you want. We I could, make the rules. We could literally in the episode here now upload it and charge people for it. And people would still buy it. I wouldn't buy it. I Come would. on. You got to give me value. I would. You got to give me value. Man, we are uh, literally... Weeks thank, away, thank. weeks away from putting this year behind us. I know, one year closer to that, either that asteroid hitting us or that solar flare to lock us back to the 1800s. One of the two is coming. The solar flare yeah. is going to knock us mm -hmm. back to the 1800s. Like, do we use, do we lose all Everything. modern medicine? Every, nah, nah, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever's, all te technological whatever's advances? In, yeah, whatever's in the vial. But it's equivalent to, like, if you put your your cell phone in the microwave and just turn it on for 10 seconds. Like, you can't recover that cell phone. The same thing would happen here with fire infrastructure. Cannot wait. Interesting. You know I what? hope that happens in about 75, 85 years. Why so long? Why wait? I won't be here for it. Mm. I'm only planning to go into about 107. AI is going to accelerate to where you can upload your consciousness to the cloud. Yeah. Tw I say 20, 25. I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> like, I'm sure shit not going to sit in this seat and be like, you're wrong, John. But it's fine. Eventually, we can just give chat something, GPT, whatever the hell you want to call it, AI, just our ideas for the episode. And then they can replicate our voice and we'll never have to sit down and record another episode again. That would not be fun. I know. It we have fun doing this. At least uh, I have fun doing this. You may call this work. No, we. You, you're good at, yeah, we have fun. Yeah, we have fun. Yes, <laughs> I make this fun for you. I don't even know what, what you consider fun. You know what I consider fun, Dustin. Being left alone. Getting high and playing video games and being left alone. That is That's it. That's it, man. Creepily sitting at a very bougie bar. By yourself, yes, by myself, drinking bougie drinks. Yeah, by myself, wanting to be recognized, but not wanting to have to talk to people. Correct. Yeah, recognize. You'll like, be noticed. I don't want to be noticed. I just want, like someone to be like, oh, he's somebody, but I don't know. Let me just let him in. Type <laughs> thing. That's all I need. That's all I want. I don't want accolades. I don't want blingy, flashy things. I just want to be left alone forever in perpetuity. So, but that that puts a lot of onus on me. Well, to well, you have are to the bring... you are the figure at Jay and Silent Bob. I'm Silent Bob. It's Jay and Silent Bob. It's you. With I get to be Jay, but everyone likes the Silent lone, Bob better. The Lone offers a podcast with who? Dustin doesn't say JC up there. And no one can see the with Dustin hey, Owen. But it's that there. was your fault because that was the very first uh, graphic you came up with. For, and it's stuck with us to this day. Yeah. I don't even like the name of the show I we're know. stuck well, with. We it. are, listen, we're too, we've crossed that bridge. So no, wild. if you told me I can change the intro, then we can change the name of the show. Okay. Oh. You've done a long, you've done your work saying it's T-L-O-P online. I've tried. So now we're going to have to go. I've tried. T-L-O-P online. <laughs> yeah. T-L-O-P online. Y'all listen. If you're in growth mode, if you're a loan officer, yes, you got to go to T-L-O-P. You're a T-L-O-P-er. Call us T-L-O-P. Yeah. I was this close. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'm holding two fingers up and they're less than half an inch away from each other. I was this close from having my vanity license plate see T-L-O-P. You should have. What, what? I'm just not that guy. You just need to get. The, I'm so close to being that guy. Yeah, we, we need to get you the company like uh, uh, Lamborghini Audi, the never, orange Audi, never to go with it. You got to go. Dennis Miller can drive his. Is that an R8? Yeah, he don't have that no more. Now he wrecked it. I know. Yeah, no, I don't. 
I'm in a Ford Explorer and I'm in a fancy Ford Explorer. Don't get me wrong. It has a big engine in it, but give me a Ford Explorer. That's kind of where I want to be. Someone out there, whoever it is, TLAP Nation, please, for Dio hates gifts, but this will be great. Someone get him a customized license plate that says TLAP. Uh, I have a customized license plate. It says, sure, why not? No, on your current car? Well, it's in order. I got to wait for the prisoners to get the order. Then they have to stamp it. <laughs> then they have to send it to me, John. But it takes four to six weeks. No shit. Yeah, I chose to go with sure, why not? Hold on. You went with sure, why not over TLAP? And the yes. Yes. More questions than answers. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. These people are like, just get on with no, the show. Fine. What are we going to talk about today, John? Well, since this I was I was last episode. You asked I got me a question last. and then interrupted me. I do that all the time. <laughs> you I asked do that me a so question. well. John, what are we going to talk about? It doesn't <laughs> matter what's your name. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, Rob. What would you like to talk about, John? The end of the year and, you know, giving people false hope heading into the new year. And here's what you need to do to game plan and prepare. First, you need to look back at the year that was. You have to look back and, you know, Mark down your wins, but also notice your your shortcomings and your failures and try to correct those into the new year. And then when you hit the new year, hit the ground running. So don't wait for the first to start game planning. Start planning now because what does D.O. always have to uh, say? Many fail to plan, but failing is planning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I tried, man. I tried. Well, we've done a lot on business planning, Mm -hmm. budgeting, like the past 30 days, 45 days of content. Has been relevant to the time of year. Yes. And if y'all want a business plan, it's not too late. We crushed it yeah, you did. for MGIC or MGIC crushed it for us. Yes. Mike McAllister and Power Ello crushed it for us. But we brought the noise to over 1,400 mortgage professionals. Shit. We're going to do it again. If you missed it, we're going to do it again. It is on the 19th of December. You can register for free. It's a TLOP exclusive. Uh, go to our website, as John likes to tell you all, TLOPonline.com, T-L-O-P-Online.com. Go there. You can register. It's a real hands-on experience where you're going to be taught the tools and the tactics of what you need to do so that you can achieve your sales goals, mm-hmm. right? So if that's what you want to get into, but like, look, if they're looking for something about attitude and perspective and giving gratitude, like y'all... We once, instead of doing an episode, we posted a keynote that I gave to a group of 300 mortgage professionals. I think we posted that in January. Was that this year? Shit. Was it this year, January? I have no idea. No, it was like episode around 200. It may have been two years ago. ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. So um, you can go watch that. It's still relevant, good content. But what I heard you say, John, was something along the lines of, What's in store for 24? Yeah. Like you and I like to get cute and creative. Sometimes we get too cute and too creative. What's in store for 24? You want to talk about that? Yeah. When we'll do this one like a little bit larger, not just for mortgage loan originators. Like last episode, look, we knocked it out of the park for LOs. If you're an LO who was looking to start originating loans in other states and you're wondering like, well, where do I start? What do I do? We did a whole entire episode for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, I kept on saying like our friend, our T-Lopper, our fan up in Pennsylvania. I never gave the guy's name, though, mm. from that episode. So shout out to Will. And Will, I'm going to butcher your last name. First initial. B. There it's like Will Bo, B. Bo Signer. Bo Bossinger. It's very it. long and very German. But let's just say Will. Um, but it was Will in Pennsylvania that we kept on referencing in that episode. So shout out to Will. And thank you for um, the question, because the question led to a whole entire podcast mm-hmm. episode geared specifically towards mortgage sales professionals. But today, nah, man, this is going to be realtors, home buyers, home sellers, 
anyone looking to possibly purchase real estate as well as the mortgage community. Let's go and do an episode and talk about what's in store in 24, but I'm going to leave off the whole business planning, the gratitude, the um, perspective, the attitude, all that matters, but we've done a lot of it. And if you want more, you can go back and consume our old content. It's hosted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, or better yet, because you can watch us mm -hmm. as well as listen to us, go to YouTube. Word. Go to YouTube, subscribe, and obviously on every single one of our social media handles, we are at the Lone Officer Podcast. You can just consume all the shit we've done throughout the past three plus years. Word. Yep. But like right now, when we're going into 2024, what does that horizon look like? Well, if you haven't been living underneath a rock, I almost said box, but I'm like, well, yeah. if you're living under a box, it's pretty easy to get out of it. Rocks mm -hmm. are much harder. Mm -hmm. So if you have not been living under a rock, here's what you do know. Here we are, middle of December. <gasps> rates are finally Yo, starting rates, to come down. Finally. Finally. If you subscribe to our newsletter, I wrote about it. Like, if you listen to Barry Habib, if you follow Dan Radwich, like, y'all, this is finally happening. Now, we're getting some economic news, specifically employment news, that isn't necessarily what you'd be cheering for if you're cheering for lower rates, but it feels like the market shrugged that off. The market was like, ah, fake news, hashtag fake news and moved on. Or the market's like, that's not enough to tell us that we have inflation in check. The market feels like Jerome Powell and his cronies have done enough to halt explosive inflation, possibly reduce growth to the U.S. down to zero, if not a negative number. A negative number would be a recession coming our way. And with lower interest rates and still really solid employment, we are going to see all of these buyers who have been salivating at their opportunity to gain a piece of the American dream. They're going to have more opportunities because homeownership will, be, will become more affordable. Rates have gone from eight to seven. They're on their way to six. And we feel like they're going to be at five. Uh-oh. Shit, I might get. Within the next 12 months. What? Within the next 12 months. Now, no one knows that, right? That's not a certainty. But that's something that as certain economic news is released, that is a direction that we feel like we as the people in the industry, the talking heads, the economists, the soothsayers, the people who look in crystal balls, et cetera, we feel like that's the direction we're going to go. But we're going to be able to do so without a lot of pain. Now, I'm under the belief that we're going to have a rockier landing than I think what is being predicted. Mm. I think we will see a hard recession, but that's just my educated guess. Right? I could be dead wrong. Wouldn't be the first or the last time that I was dead wrong but we're heading that direction. According to my friends who are at the Mortgage Bankers Association, the MBA, the good news for mortgage lenders and for real estate professionals, we will see more transactions in 24 than we did in 23. That would be a good thing. And hopefully we're gonna see more transactions, but less people able to facilitate those transactions because we will see even more mortgage loan originators not renew their license. Mm -hmm. We'll see even more realtors not pay their dues and realize that, this may have been a good idea at the time, but they're not cut out for this industry, at least not in today's day and age, doing what it takes to do it. Maybe some of them were trying to do it part-time. Maybe some thought it was a side hustle. Now they're quickly realizing, no, this is a white collar profession that requires blue collar work ethic. Like this is not something that you side hustle. This is not something that you part-time. Yeah, it's not Etsy. It is not Etsy. I've it never is been. Not know. Tupperware. It is not Mary Kay. 
It is not, not cut code knives. Bags, not cut code knives. Cut code knives is more for if like you're 18 in college and someone tricked you into making 40 bucks I an thought hour. I was going to be so rich doing that one summer, Dustin, until I had to go back to my mom and ask her for $300 to buy said knives. And that's when your mom said, uh-uh, not my like, baby. Like, uh-uh, not today. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. No. So, um, so what are we looking at? We're looking at better is what we're looking at. You know what I hear? Knowing nothing about the mortgage industry, everybody was complaining about rates, and they weren't wanting rates to come back down. But guess what? When rates go back down, you have more competition because there's more buyers vying over the same property. 100%. Like, look, we are not, not, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. We are not going to be able to solve for the inventory issue. Like we just as a country, as a society, cannot build fast enough, cheap enough. Can't. So that ain't gonna happen. So we are gonna have an issue with more buyers than sellers. Now it's interesting. There is legislation being introduced mm. from a senator, I believe, in Oregon or Washington State. And I do not think that this legislation has a snowball's chance in hell <laughs> Of passing. Okay. But this senator wants to draft a bill, have the, the bill voted on, and obviously he wants it approved. That's where I think, ah, eh, it's not going to get approved, where it would make it illegal or it would make it difficult, next to impossible, for large corporations to purchase single-family homes. Mm. Now, I'm not here to argue that would be good or bad. Trust me. I A certain part of me would love to see that. A certain part of me would love to see that, but I know there's people on the other side of the coin that are like, Dustin, companies like BlackRock don't own but a fraction of all of the single-family homes. Although Jeff Bezos is currently trying to fund a company that wants to go out and buy single-family homes. And there's various uh, research publications out there that state that yesterday's starter home is going to be a starter rental for the buyer of tomorrow, meaning you start off by renting a single-family home with the hopes of buying it after a certain period of time, right? There are companies that are already offering some kind of a shared equity. And we know from doing awesome podcasts with guests like Sunira with Stacks, right? Florida's first and only FinTech unicorn, which by the way, if y'all are not consuming and sharing these episodes that we're doing, people like Sunira, people like Carlos Navarro, like these are big names in their industry. Like if you are in credit card processing, if you are in fintech, you know Sunira, right? If you are in the acting space, you know Carlos Navarro, but these are also fantastic humans who invest in others' professional development, who have decades of experience that they wanna share and teach from. Go back and make sure you're watching and listening to those episodes, right? Carlos Navarro is a phenomenal guest. He's super funny, high energy. Sunira is one of the most successful people I personally know. Right. How many people do you know took an idea and turned it into a billion-dollar company? Billion-dollar company, right? She was recently a guest. So nonetheless, make sure you're tuning in to those particular episodes. And now I went down a rabbit hole, John, that I don't I know ain't if I'm going to come you. back. I, I, I don't know how to tie this one back. You were talking about something. What was I talking about? The market? Oh, I know what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Being adaptable to change in technology, being open to it. Right? The reason why Sunira has that billion-dollar company is because her bosses, those two old men that she worked for that didn't want to listen to her idea, they weren't willing to adopt and change. I need to also be that same way, less like them, more like Sunira, where I was explaining to people 
what's going on in our industry, what should we anticipate seeing in 24, we should definitely be anticipating that that more corporations will be buying these homes. Although more homes are going to become available, you're going to have more corporations trying to buy them. You have a senator out in the West Coast who wants to draft legislation that prevents that from being able to happen. However, there's plenty of research articles that are coming out and they're talking about that the first-time home buyer of tomorrow will look different than the first-time home buyer of yesteryear because the first-time home buyer of tomorrow may start off by renting that home. And they'll enter into some kind of a fractional ownership agreement with the seller because maybe the seller is an institution like BlackRock. There you go. And that's where I was going. And I dug myself out of that rabbit hole, John, because as I was explaining that, I was thinking, oh, my God, we produced a badass episode a couple weeks ago with Sunira that I want more people to go check out. And how did she become this fintech unicorn? Why? Because she looked at an industry and said, wow, that's archaic. We can make it better. Mm -hmm. We as mortgage and real estate professionals, we as home sellers, as well as home buyers, we can't be trying to do things that worked in 1992 or 2002. We got to be looking at what's going to work in 24 or even in 32. That's 2032. And what does that landscape look like? Because this whole episode is all about like what to expect in 2024. What's in store for 24? Um, I think that's in store. More technological advancements, more changes. Yes, lower interest rates. Woohoo! Yes, with lower interest rates comes more competition. Uh, more sellers. Woohoo! More institutional buyers. Uh, and then you have technology that's going to come into it and say, well, wait a minute. What if those institutional buyers end up solving for the greatest pain, which is that ability to bridge the gap of between affordable and unaffordable, and they can allow a potential home buyer, first time home buyer, to buy their house, but by renting it first, and then have some kind of an equity share agreement. Or maybe they have a way to help that person who couldn't buy, buy, but in return, the person who bought because they partnered with some kind of an institutional investor, institutional home buyer, they themselves have to then give up a portion of the equity. So John, to give you an example, you couldn't afford that $400,000 house on your own, but I, the institutional investor, the hedge fund, the VC out of Silicon Valley, I was able to help you purchase it. But in exchange, we figured out, hey, look, this home's gonna appreciate by $10,000 per year. Every dollar over 10,000 that your home appreciates per year, John, I get. You get the first 10, I get every dollar amount after that. And you're like, dude, are you helping me become a homeowner? I'm like, yep. And this payment's gonna be affordable, yep. And I don't need that much money out of my pocket. I'm like, yep. You're like, dude, sign me up all day long. I get to become a homeowner, it's a place of my own, it offers stability. It offers pride, all the benefits of home ownership, and I'm paying down a note and I'm gaining equity. Not the way that I bought my first house, not the way that my parents bought their first house, mm -hmm. or even my grandparents bought their first house, but it could be the way that my children buy their first house, right? So that's something in 24 we're going to have to be cognizant of, right? As well as, dude, what's AI going to do? I plan on having Pavan on in about six more months because I just had one of the people on the forefront of artificial intelligence who's also in the mortgage space, an accomplished business owner, a CEO, and we did a whole entire episode. I can't wait to have him back in six months to figure out how much has advanced in just mm -hmm. those six months, but we're gonna have to start embracing it ourselves. A, in our marketing and um, lead generation activities from how we process a loan to how we create content, I mean, what, what does our landscape look like three, five, seven years down the road? I don't think any of us know, but all we can do is have our eyes and ears to the ground, our head on a swivel and be open to it being different. 
right? Go read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? I think that's Ken Blanchard. Blanchard? Blanchard. Uh, butchered the author's name, but not the title of the, of the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Because we're going to have lots of cheese being moved with these opportunities, right? Yeah. It's it's good opportunities. Um, and then we have things like uh, the naysayers who think a bubble's coming. Mm, I know bubble. Ah, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I just read a recent uh, article. Uh, uh, you'd be the first one to say for years, there's no bubble. And now you're going to change your tune? No, hell okay, no. Well, just making sure, just making sure. No, I'm still on that camp of no bubble. There is still some dude out there. I want to find you, by the way. But he is not a T-lopper. You had created some really cool content with me two or three years ago. We put it on LinkedIn. It's, it's, I was trying to fuck around with boosting shit. Still haven't figured that out, by the way. <laughs> Looking for an advertising agency that can come in, look at us, look at our business idea and be like, yo, I can produce you. I can blow you up. I can help you make hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm like, yeah, sign me up. I need that person in my life. But nonetheless, it, because we boosted it, then it got in front of more people. It worked you know, in its way. And this dude who was like a dentist or an engineer in the greater Chicago area, he wanted to go tit for tat with me about a bubble and how he was going to become mega rich buying all the properties when the bubble burst. Uh -huh. And we were arguing this like in 2020. Yeah. Here we got three going on four years later. Hey, homie, I'm not ready to do my victory lap yet, but you should be ready to admit defeat and um, concede. Because even if home values drop by 30% tomorrow, I still win. So, no, John, I'm still in that camp of there's not a bubble. In fact, I was going to point something out that just came out of uh, Kay Schiller. So I learned of Kay Schiller because Barry Habib talks about Kay Schiller all the time. And Barry Habib is someone I tune into to figure out, hey, what's going on in the markets? Like, how do I learn what's going on in the markets? And the article basically stated that only 1.8% of all homeowners have negative equity, right? That means you owe more on your mortgage than what your home is worth. 1.8%. Wow. Less than two out of every 100 homeowners has negative equity. By the way, negative equity is not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you have to sell your home. But... I could owe 200 on a home that's worth 100. As long as I can still like owning the home and I'm still fine paying the mortgage and I can afford the mortgage, what does it matter? I once owned a home, true story, that was worth $136,000 and I owed $236,000. Let's party. Today, I own that home. It's worth $350,000 and I owe $136,000 on that house. It never bothered me that I was upside down. I could afford it. It made a good rental. It cash flowed. Mm. And I wasn't in a position where I had to like get rid of the property. Mm -hmm. So I maintained, retained, and today it's an asset of mine. It's a cash flowing rental property. So again, just because 1.8% of homeowners have negative equity still isn't bad unless they have to do something like liquidate that mm -hmm. particular. It's like when my 401k goes down by 10% because it's a bad month. Yeah, you ain't cashing it out yet. No. That's your me. Uh, 10 to 14 years before I can start dipping into that thing. Right? Like, for, let's say 14 years before I can actually start. That doesn't matter what it does today. So anyhow, um, and then, you know, obviously, like anything, there's definitely some markets. According to this uh, CoreLogic um, report using this Case Shiller data, and I think it was a CoreLogic report utilizing Case Shiller data. Nonetheless, uh, bear with me on this one. Let me let me name you some some markets that you should look. If you're in this market, eh, you're leading in not the right kind of way. So um, 
So negative equity is a little bit worse in certain markets. It's obviously a lot better in, in other markets. The markets where it's worse, uh, Louisiana, 6.1% of homes in Louisiana are underwater. Iowa, 4.92% of homes in Iowa are upside down. Oklahoma, 4.13% of homes in Oklahoma are underwater. North Dakota. Hmm? Hey, shout out to Kayla up in North Dakota. Shout this out, is her market. Shout out Bismarck. Shout out Bismarck. Um, 3.71% of homes in North Dakota. In Kentucky, mm. the bourbon state. Bluegrass. Bluegrass state. I like to think bourbon, you say bluegrass. 3.42%. That's a lot higher than 1.8. Yeah. But, hey, look. If you're in California, believe it or not, as much as people love to knock California, only 0.63% upside down. Nevada, only 0.72%. Arizona, only 0.82%. Florida, only 1.04%. Shout out Florida. And then coming up your way to Massachusetts, Who? only 1.12%. That is the best state in the District of Columbia. None. What is it called in the... Best state in the union? Yeah, that union. That's what I was saying. Yeah, Massachusetts is the best state in the union. Yeah, I'm Florida? joking. I'm joking. You're joking. Yeah. So, um, I have a question for you. And by the way, it was it was the report came out of CoreLogic, but they were um, utilizing Case Shiller National Home Price Index, and basically stating that because 45 percent home homes have appreciated by 45 percent since March of 2020. Um, that's the reason why mm. we, as a country, are looking pretty rock solid when it comes to homes that could or could not be upside down. Yay. Yay. What's, what, isn't there about to be some government? What's going to happen in the world that's going to be happening? Isn't there some like, politi political stuff happening or some shit? Always, John. There's always some political stuff happening. Obviously, we have to fund the government and Shut the House— down. And the Senate can't necessarily agree on a budget. They keep on coming up with Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid. Um, the House has having a very difficult time uh, keeping a leader. So because of that, there's a lot of uh, discontent. Mm -hmm. People aren't getting along. They're not necessarily uh, cooperating and collaborating at the level that they would. So, yeah, you definitely have that going on. And we have an election. 2024 is a big presidential election year. So it ought to be interesting to see how the markets move during election years because there's a lot of data and statistics that follow election years. There you go. That's all I wanted to mention. I just wanted to touch, uh, touch on that. Yeah, and typically during election years, you see a whole lot of nothing happens because neither side wants to do too much. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah, like if you are uh, the incumbent party, you don't want to do anything that is going to be too controversial because it could impede your chances of um, retaining power. Mm -hmm. And then if you are not the incumbent party and you're trying to have your party take over, let's say, the presidency, you sure as heck don't want to allow your opponent to pass any legislation that could give them good favor with the voter. So you tend to look at election years as a, as a big nothing burger mm -hmm. in terms of anything like with policy being uh, passed that would be polarizing in one direction or the other. But we have a split house um, and you know, so because of that, it, it makes it difficult to get anything meaningful passed. And then you look at the House of Representatives and you're like, well, that's just a shit show right now. Um, so, yeah, from a election cycle, not a whole lot of things that I could foresee moving the needle. 
Geopolitical, yeah. Like there's a lot of issues. Wars, right? Wars bring a lot of um, unrest, a lot of global economic unrest. I mean, sometimes wars bring a lot of spending. Spending could be pro-economy, um, right? One could argue that World War II is the reason why we actually were able to get out of the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? All the spending that occurred in order to go to war in Europe, but um, in, you know, as well as in, in, in uh, Japan and the rest of the uh, Asian Pacific Islands. Um, but yeah, that's also going on in 2024. Like what's in store for 2024? Yeah, we have, we have elections, right? Those elections need to be followed. We have geopolitical events. They should be followed. Right. What's going on in Russia, Ukraine, what's going on uh, in Israel with, um, you know, that madness. Um, they have to follow what's China doing and how's that going to impact their desire to, to take over uh, the, the Taiwanese islands. Right. So, mm-hmm. yes, you definitely have what's China's economy doing, what's India's economy doing. You know, and, and, and what's the forecast for the 20 or 30 major world economies when it comes to growth too much to follow let's stick to housing let's stick to housing and speaking of housing let me go ahead and give you another news report that came out recently that i just want to share some some information with y'all if you are looking for some wins right oh i need a big win um these are the markets that are that are anticipated to be some of the better markets in 2024 as it pertains to um Purchase activity. Mm-hmm. Don't even know if this market that's number one on the list even exists Come because I don't know on. if the state exists. Oh, I O Toledo, Ohio. Oh, yeah, Toledo. The zips. Um, yeah. Look, things are looking up. Thousands, Thousand Oaks, California. Unaffordable. It is, but it's still <laughs> looking to have a bit of a rebound here. Rochester, New York. Dump. Cold as shit, but guess what? It too is looking to have a rebound year. San Diego. Not bad. San Diego. Expensive. Yeah. Yep. I actually like the word Chula Vista better. Chula Vista? It's the whole San Diego, Chula Vista, Carlsbad market. Uh, But yes, that market is poised to, uh, to, 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 to do well. Riverside, California. Bakersfield, California. Unaffordable, unaffordable. I think Bakersfield's more affordable than San Diego. I don't even know where that is. That's why it's more affordable, John. <laughs> For that reason, that reason only, it's more affordable. I could be dead wrong on there. People in Cali are going to fact check us. I hope but, they do it out to the algorithm. Um, how about this one, John? Yeah, I can see it. Springfield, Massachusetts. Nope. Worcestershire sauce. Like, hey, wh- wh- why don't you Worcester. shout out to your neighborhood? What Worcester. neighborhood did you grow up in? Uh, Springfield, uh, Forest Park. Okay, you go and buy in Forest Park. It's mm-hmm. going to be a good time to buy. Shout out. According to this report. And then Worcester. Worcester. Is it Worcester? Worcester. How do you pronounce that word? Worcestershire shot? Worcestershire? Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Worcestershire not, sauce. Is it Worcestershire sauce? It's, it's Worcestershire. You're adding like four syllables and three Constance, but okay. All right. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. It's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Anyhow, Worcestershire. Worcester, bro. Worcester, man. If if you're right there in that Massachusetts, Connecticut line where we can't pronounce where you live, guess what? It's a great market. You made number eight. You made number eight. Grand Rapids, Michigan at number nine. And Hey, California's just having a rebound. Come on, California man. must be having a rebound because nope. Los Angeles. Unaffordable. The Well, not, not unless you're Shohei Otani. I can yeah. say that, motherfucker. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I can say that. 700 million times. 
Uh, I cannot say it 700 million times, mm. but I did go to um, a Dodgers game once. I did with you. I know. I wore all I did pink. Go to, I did go to a Dodgers game with you. No, I was talking about having to go to uh, a speech and language class in third and fourth grade. Oh, where, sorry. Where I didn't I mean to, to trigger you, man. Yeah, it's all right. I still work on it. Still no. work on some of my pronunciation pronunciations and enunciations. You seem like the type to talk to yourself in the mirror. Yeah, no, but this this whole report, I believe it came as in realtor.com. We have it up on guess what? Tlopponline.com. We actually had the full report and the full article. I just went ahead and pulled a a a, a clipping. But yeah, it's basically looking at the 2024 existing home sale counts year over year. So they're looking at when you look at how many homes will be sold then these are the markets where more homes will be sold in 24 than homes that were sold in 23. That is what they're God, looking that for. Is such, that's the sexy stuff we're talking about here. Is it? No. Nah. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, it is really like highly informative. Yeah. Now, I mean, you should dig into that report a little bit more because there's definitely some markets when you compare it to the average from 17 to 19. Well, the average from 17 to 19 was still better in Thousand Oaks, in Rochester, in San Diego, basically every single one of these but Toledo. That's why Toledo's leading the charge. Dump. And then when you look at the existing home sales price, they're all up as well. Every single market is up. Then you look at the existing home median sale price year over year, and year over year, they're all showing a better sales price in 24 versus 23. And you look at the number of existing sale counts year over year all of those were up so that's what i when i ranked those i was ranking them um reading them off really honing in on the fact that you're gonna have more sales in 24 and those markets than you did in 23. but in some of those markets it's not going to be more than what you saw in years like 17 18, or 19. turn up for a check but better than what you saw in 2021 22. so mm -hmm. put everything in perspective well here's my way of putting a bow on this uh episode and giving you my prognostication the number one way to generate wealth in America next year is going to be through home ownership. And guess what it was last year? Home ownership. And the year before that? Selling Square Grouper out of Miami. Negative Ghost Rider. No, nope, that's a good way to make some fast cash. Hey. But it's not a great way to build wealth. Home ownership mm. still ranks number one. Do you know what Last time I checked with my friend Steve Harney, the number one way to generate wealth in America. The last time I checked with Dave Savage over at Mortgage Coach, mm -hmm. Barry Habib. Yeah. Yes, if you, if you talk to Scarface or Al Pacino in that movie, he'll tell you something different. Will, will he then introduce me to his little friend? Yeah. That was that's, a great movie, man. That's exactly how that goes. Hey, and then uh, finally, because we didn't get a good chance to um, to 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 say this, I want to I want to give a shout out to our upcoming episode. We don't do this enough, but we're going to have hell? a special guest on. A preview? Dr. Christy McMullen. Yeah, Dr. Christy McMullen is going to be on. Um, I can't wait. I was connected with her through her husband. Her husband's actually uh, in the mortgage space. He now works for a, a large appraisal management company. But um, she has ways to educate, proven strategies to educate. That's what we do in the mortgage space, right? The real estate space. We're educators, financial advisors. You're an educator first. And she's going to come on and teach us things like Sprinkle, sprinkle, splash, flood, drip, drip, drip. Think That's about that. Sprinkle, much. sprinkle, splash, flood, drip, drip, drip. It's initial contact, engagement. Sprinkle. Ask them to meet with you. Drip. Flood. Oh. <laughs> follow up, follow up, follow up. Oh. Yes. 
or when you're making presentations. Safe, logical, fun, memorable. Those are the four words. So I'm really excited to have her on, let her dive deeper into that. Just like I'm stoked to be heading to Tulsa, Oklahoma for a T-Lop live event. Mm -hmm. T-Lop in T-Town. T-Lop in T-Town. Living on Tulsa time. You don't know that song. Don't worry about it. It's George Strait. No, it's not. Um, (laughs) But good guess. Good guess. Nonetheless, uh, we're going to be there on January 11th. So go to the website. Check it out for details. That's where you can reserve your spot. No different than if you want to see what upcoming events we have. If you want to join us for a business planning on December 19th, we invite you to do so. It's going to be free and open to all mortgage sales professionals. Um, just go to the website. All the information you're going to need is on the website. On that note, if you like what we're doing on this show, please sign up for our newsletter. If you like what we're doing on this show and you want to support us, share this with not one, not two, but three people that you know that would benefit from our content. Make sure you follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn or the other handles are at the loan officer podcast. He is John Coleman. I am Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. We do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.